The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. They're tangling in the back of the pack. Here they come off four. Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers download. Cardwell hoping it stays green. He nearly spins it around. Who's it going to be, Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? Where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing. iRacing's executive director, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I think that NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can present themselves working with iRacing. Presented by Crosley. Amplify your style. Here are your hosts, Taylor Burris and Justin Prince. Welcome to a special edition of the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. As we preview, of course, the real-world Coca-Cola 600, as well as the virtual Coca-Cola 600 coming up this week, we also get to have the chance to sit down with the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series winner for the Coca-Cola 150 that just happened on Tuesday night, May 24th, and it was none other than Mode Motorsports' Matt Busa, who was able to steal a victory away with great strategy calls and exciting racing happening over that night, Justin, at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And you say exciting, how about absolutely dramatic and action-packed, especially since it came down to a good old-fashioned strategy race in the fact that you had basically the entire field trying to make it on gas compared to those trying to split the rings up the middle and take the pit stop. And boy, oh boy, was it a sprint to the end with the amount of dramatic twists and turns it seemed in the final lap alone. It certainly was, and with us now joined is Matt Boos, a driver of the number 75 Mode Motorsports Ford Mustang. Matt, first and foremost, tell us how you feel after winning such a very special race. Of course, probably one of our biggest races being the fact it's backed by Coca-Cola as well as the USO, who were a major player in this special week of racing here as we lead off to the Coca-Cola 600 in the real world this coming Sunday. Yeah, man, I didn't even think about any of that until after the race was over with. Um, just being able to win a marquee event in the sport in general. Um, this week of racing for motorsports across the globe is big with obviously Monaco and the Indy 500. Not on the NASCAR side of things, Coke 600 and this Coca-Cola 150. So being able to get the, the win in the race where a series sponsor is supporting it as a title sponsor for the race too, that's that's big. and. Couldn't have picked a better race to do it at. Now, you started in 28th position. You were somewhat of a mid-pack driver for those first few miles of the event. Not a whole lot of people were watching to see what would happen with you. You were more towards that mid-pack just inside the top 20 until that final run where people were not going to able to make it to the end. Talk to us about the strategy of you working your way and getting up to where you just led the last few laps of the race and took home the flag. Yeah, qualifying was a big struggle for me. I spent a lot of time leading up to the race on race trim and only had about, I think, two, maybe three practice qualifying runs. And unfortunately, the setup just wasn't so my driving style and started 28th. And early stages, I was kind of just trying to survive. It was pretty wild with lots of two by two um, throughout the field. And then that caution, right as it came out, I knew I was going to go into fuel saving mode. Um, I came down pit road when we had the one to go signal to top off and fuel and the entire run just pretty much had on my mind clutching into the corners 
easy on the throttle, sometimes about 75% throttle on the straights, and played it to perfection thanks to my uh, crew chief, Jason Brophy, who really managed to feel well and kept an eye on that as I had to deal with battling some guys for the lead and ran out of fuel right after I crossed the line. You were certainly able to do that and performed a great drive indeed. Justin, you have a point you wanted to mention. I was going to say involving that too, because you had several also attempting that strategy. You had Zach Novak in that window. Michael Guest was in the window, for example, trying to close in throughout all of that. And you mentioned Jason Brophy and his ability to keep you calm in that mindset. What was kind of going through your mind, though, while that's all going on? Because you've got a car trying to pounce behind you to try and take advantage and pass on by. You have the drivers pulling off to the pit lane to the left side, such as Malik Ray, who had to come in with four to go shortly after losing the lead. What was going through your own mind by the time you reached the checkered flag and the task was completed fully? Yeah, throughout that run, I just kept thinking back to all the field knowledge races in the past where I really thought I had the races won until a late caution came out and just ruined uh, the strategy aspect of those races. So I was not trying to get my hopes up when I realized as the laps winded down that I would be fighting for the win there with Novak. But, but yeah, once we got to the end, then it really started to come into fruition. Heartbeat started to escalate there with about five to go when I was trying to make the move on Novak to get the lead. Um, him and Malik, because I knew Malik had to pit. You can just tell his uh, sudden drop-off in pace um, kind of indicated he wouldn't be able to make it. And then, yeah, battling with them at uh, five to go, and then just praying those last four or five laps where I got the lead that there wouldn't be a yellow to ruin it. And how would you describe, now that not only do you get yourself into the playoffs, it's been a different type of feel to this season. Six different winners of the campaign. You were the highest of those in the points who had not won at the time entering tonight, or rather entering the Coca-Cola 150. What's been that season like as a whole to try and adjust to the new car, shorter race distance, but also, in general, the new feel it seems, so to speak, for this season compared to last year? Yeah, the new car this year is really played into my hands well, I think. Um, it's more of a driver's car the last couple of years with that high downforce and um, low horsepower. We were really, as drivers, I feel like everybody was just kind of struggling to find the enjoyment in it and struggling to like be able to really hustle the car. It really came down to setup, track position, a lot of luck involved. Um, so this year, being able to kind of tune the setup to your driving style again, um, that's really played into my hand well. And then the shorter races, um, still I really haven't gotten used to it. Almost every race I'll look down and see there's like 20 laps to go. And I'm like, what? It just started. But um, hopefully in the future we go back to longer races. Um, the strategy aspect of that has kind of been wild. Um, lots of two-tire stops people are doing, no tires. And this fuel mileage race was, I didn't think it would ever happen this year with the short races, but um, yeah, it's still a learning curve, but so far we've been, been good with Team Conti. And that's a big last two words there, because when you think about Conti, he's been dominant. You compare that to some of your fellow friends from that side of the garage. They've been quick throughout the past year. 
what's it been like trying to figure out those things with this new car in general? And without giving away everything, what are some of the ways you've been able to find those speed bits without showing casing what those speed bits exactly are, if you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of like I said, how you can kind of tune the car this year to your driving style as opposed to the last couple of years. Um, at, at least mile and a half tracks where we had the high downforce package, we really had to run like the same setup. And if you couldn't drive it, then you were just kind of out to lunch and it was all about speed in the setup. Whereas this year you have to take into account handling and different driving styles as well. So mm-hmm. the funny thing is like, even though we've all had success, we've driven not completely different setups each race, but definitely not the same setup. All three of us, me, Conti, Ottinger, and Clampett as well, have a little bit di- different driving styles, and each race we're able to tune those setups to our liking. Um, and yeah, that's just playing into our hands really well. Clampett has been really fast every week, just like all of us, but has had a horrible luck. So I think the goal now is to get him a win so we can have all four Team Conti cars in the playoffs. And what I think Taylor wants to ask about this type of expansion to and wanting to become that dominating force a bit as well. It's yeah, also, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, with how Team Conti has been this season, I mean, we've seen Michael Conti picking up two wins this series. Very dominant race. In fact, probably the one that everyone was thinking was going to take home the checkered flag, given the fact of how strong he was. But also a little bit of just the growth of Team Conti, as well as you yourself this season compared to last season. Do you see a little bit of a difference? Because as we remember last season, yes, you made it into the playoff by stealing a win away at Michigan. But here we are now, just barely before the halfway point of the playoffs, and you have already collected a win before we even come to the end of the regular season. So your thoughts on just how this season has gone and turned around for you compared to last season? Yeah, this season has been a lot more fun for all of us. Um, I think, again, it kind of comes down to the the differences in the cars. Since last year, when you were testing, you would do, you'd be forced to run like 30 laps on a mile and a half track, just wide open and just kind of wore us down where it wasn't really fun to drive at all. And now this year we have a challenging car to drive. So even while the testing setups, um, while it may be frustrating at times if you're not finding speed, it's still fun to drive the car because you have to wheel it and really um, is a driver's car. And I think, I think that's kind of helping us as a team, just like bond more. Um, Just the overall positive attitude around testing has been much better than the last two years. Um, Even though like Nick still won the championship two years ago. So it's not like we were struggling the last few years, but I think this year has been the most fun yet to date of any Coke season I've been a part of and looking forward to keep it going. Well, let's talk about this very important scenario. You know, this is something we don't see a whole lot in the eNASCAR championships is the turnaround. Normally, we have a week off before we get to the next round. This coming race is next Tuesday night and at a track that we've never competed at in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series history at Worldwide Technology Raceway. What's the importance of now shaking off, celebrating this win, but shaking off and getting ready to go back at it again for the next week at a new track. Yeah, this is um, pretty much going to go straight into testing tonight. So the grind isn't going to stop from uh, the last two weeks of testing. 
Um, typically, we do take several days off, if not a full week off after a race before we prepare for the next one. Um, the really good thing about this, though, is after we grind out this week, then we have, I believe, a three-week, if not four-week break until the end of June before our next race. So that's a nice little summer break where I know a few of us might go on vacations and um, just enjoy doing some other things we typically couldn't do uh, with the Tuesday obligations. But um, yeah, Gateway, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll race like a short track. Um, I know turn three and four is probably a bit faster than most corners on a short track, but um, the general feel of the track from my ex limited experience there, I should say, is um, probably going to provide some good racing on Tuesday and looking forward to get started testing there. I was about to quickly jump in and ask, you mentioned with a little bit of experience, have you raced there in the past, just out of curiosity for the context? Um, I think I've just done a couple of league races there many, many years ago. Um, maybe just a couple laps here and there since then, but but yeah, I'm pretty much going in um, with no experience since those many years ago were way different cars back then. With that, go ahead, Justin. I was about to say, key thing to point. But with that, thank you very much for the time, Matt. Where can fans follow along with you for keeping up with your machine? Yep, you can follow my Instagram and Twitter are both mbusa75. And follow on as Mode Motorsports, my team. Their Twitter is a Mode Media House, which is owned by Kyle Lawn and J.R. Rodriguez. Um, you should give a follow to all the, everyone that helps the series out too. Coca-Cola Racing, iRacing, NASCAR. And shout out to my, my crew on my box, Jason Brophy and Joseph Gulata at Team County. Well, congratulations on the victory. Coca-Cola 150 once more in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. A big victory for the number 75. With that, that's Matt Busa, the winner in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series at iRacing's virtual Charlotte Motor Speedway. With that, more coverage coming up after the break with the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crossu Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media. Taylor Burris here, back with Justin Prince as well, as we just finished our interview with Matt Busa, and Busa put on a stellar performance here with the fuel strategy to be able to cap off that victory during the Coca-Cola 150 at the virtual Charlotte Motor Speedway. But a lot of drivers, though, were showcasing a lot of great speed throughout the race. Of course, two of them being drivers such as Michael Conti, who led a dominating performance, leading a total of 69 laps throughout the entire event, but unfortunately would come home in 23rd position due to the fact of strategy calls that would prevent him from finishing inside the top 10. Other drivers also included Casey Kerwin, who had a strong performance, and Steven Wilson in the number 10 for Stuart Haas Esports. Those three were some of the ones to watch throughout the entire race, but could not close the deal and not be able to make the right strategy calls to win, unlike Matt Busa. Yeah, that finish of the race, and Matt Busa touched upon this, you don't expect a strategy fuel mileage race in this type of a format, and that's what we ended up getting with the time of the caution flag at the very tip of the fuel range to make it to the end on gas with an X-Gen car. And for some of the drivers, it proved by the end of the night, the winning call seemed to be take the pit stop and the fresh tires. 
a lot of drivers that seem tried this strategy. Casey Kerwin, 18 seconds back, finished in 16th. He led 10 of the laps amongst this strategy. Moik Ray, by the way, after his pit stop, he didn't even finish the race. He DNF'd the race. 97 laps completed. He finished two laps down after his 16 laps led into the later stages by the time he finished a pit stop and had to come in and serve, possibly for the speeding for the pit stop, maybe. But in that regard, you have to say it was the type of night where it keeps you on the bitter very edge because you never knew who was going to win that race with how it was playing out. And it really shook up some of the drivers and their contention for possibly even the point standings. When you think about things, when you take out the wins out of the equation, Garrett Maines, he's been up and down this season, literally been upside down at tracks like Richmond. He quietly moved to 10th in the points by the end of the night because he was able to get himself a strong run in this race with the strategies. Yeah, it was very interesting strategies for some of these competitors, especially like you noticed about with Malik, where it was difficult for him. And unfortunately, he decided to even just completely exit out the race before the race was even over, costing him a chance to add valuable points and a chance even at victory. He had a strong car to be able to hold on, but just did not have enough fuel to make it to the end. But with that, that rounds the championship up to the following. Steven Wilson is your new points leader with Matt Busa, Nick Ottinger, your top three, Femi Olat-Busen, Casey Kerwin, Michael Guest, Blake Reynolds, Corey Vincent, Taylor Hurst, and Garrett Maines, who had a decent performance during the Coca-Cola 150. Of course, the next time we see the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series as we'll resume next Tuesday night starting at 8.30 with Countdown to Green as we head to the first time the Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, which will be the first time we see action at this track. But a track, though, that is well known on the iRacing service with its E-NASCAR heritage with some of the other NASCAR iRacing Series on the service. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit with the next stop of the calendar, Worldwide Technology Raceway, also known as Gateway. That next race, Taylor, I think will be a challenge for some because I, the reason I asked the question of the other experience for Boosie, he mentioned a little bit with the leagues, that's where a majority of the experience, if you have it, comes from. And not many series, I don't think, have taken a stop yet at Madison, Illinois-based racetrack in the virtual sim let alone with the Gen 6 car as of recent late. So not many drivers may be entering this next week or so of preparation for the quick turnaround with experience at a track, which it's not just about the speed in three and four. It's the matter of turn two is a danger spot. We've seen in the past with how easy it is to snap off that corner. And if you're trying to avoid the wall, especially and loop it to the inside, I think a lot of drivers will have a lot to learn by the time they take the green at Worldwide Technology Raceway. She certainly, it certainly is a situation we'll have to see what happen. Catch all the action starting at 8.30 on Tuesday, May 31st with Countdown to Green. The race kicks off at 9 p.m. on all of iRacing and eNASCAR streaming services. Well, from that, we move on to the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup as they head to the hallowed grounds of Le Mans. And it was once again Sebastian Job returning to victory lane to get his win this season and holding off the points leader and championship competitor Diego Pinto by just half a second as they raced their way through the famed Le Mans circuit in order to come home with a victory and a wonderful 76 points to try to boost his way up into third in the championship and have a shot to get on the podium for this championship as we get ready to round out the season finale at Monza in two weeks' time.
Yeah, it's been an incredible season to start off, first of all, when it comes to Porsche Tank or Esports Super Cup. But I think, again, it's big for Sebastian Job to pick up a victory like this because with how the season's gone, he's been able to flip the script a couple times where it's gone in his way, then flipped away from him, then flipped back in his way, flipped away from him. And it seemed like it flipped back his way to pick up a second main event victory of the season. But the tough thing right now is, and this is the key for everybody else entering the finale, the king of consistency of the season, Daniel Pinto, with how consistently he's been close to victory and in the top five in general, especially in the feature races, are the key pillars of his championship run, where it's not mathematically locked. But he, Kevin Ellis Jr., Sebastian Job, enter the finale, where essentially the main focus, if you're Pinto, is keep it clean. You're a champion. Certainly is, and we'll be interesting to see how Diego can be able to hold on at a track such as Monza, a track known for its chaos, its high speeds, and amazing stakes on the line when it comes to racing at a track that's so easy, that looks easy to race on, but it's probably one of the most difficult because of the constant high speeds you carry, as well as all the hard braking zones that you have to go through, especially through the first two sets of chicanes that you have to overcome when starting the race at Monza. I think it will be a tricky task, absolutely, if he gets himself marred in traffic from the get-go because, as we know, and you refer to, that first corner, first turn, breaking zone. How many times, Taylor, have you seen a driver say, I'm starting in 16th, I'm on the right side, let's pass 17 cars, Just even though I'm 16th. Just go watch any iRacing funny clip. You'll see that our iRacing not tem tem not top top 10 moment and where do you see what happens you usually see an incident at monza exactly and while that may be the over exaggeration part of it that's the thing if someone even goes for a couple rows too deep and accidentally hits a car in front who doesn't see that or is defending another grouping of cars already that's where if you're pinto you want to start in front of that you want to stay out of the possible traffic jam in the middle of the first chicane you certainly do, and we'll see all the action in two weeks' time to see who will be crowned the champion, as well as also to see who will win those season finale events. Catch all the action starting at 1.30 p.m. with the All-Star competition, and then 3 o'clock, the pros battle for the final time this season as we see who will be able to continue, as well as also another thing to think about also, we have to determine the bottom 20, who will get to stay and compete in 2023. Yeah, a lot of intense action expected amongst that bottom of the top 20 fight, especially when it comes to a lot of the competitors. We know how hard it is to get there in the first place. And for this season, too, many drivers have had some really rough times. You know who's near that bubble? Johan R. Harf, one of the contenders from some of the world championships a year ago, mind you. 18th. Peter Berryman. We're expecting big things, I think, from Berryman. He's 23rd. And right now, unless he scores a very strong points run, especially in the feature, he's likely out. It is Oscar Burchard who is on that bubble by just 11 points over another series veteran and sim racing ace in Vecchio. Yanni Vecchio should say. Some drop drivers have absolutely struggled in terms of qualifying and in turn staying out of the trouble this year. 
It certainly is. On a couple of other drivers who are also looking to be on the outside to be removed, you have drivers such as Bobby Zielinski, Sam Coiter, Peter Berryman, as we pointed out, Matthew Sipola, Oscar Biscard, who are also having some strong runs, even some winners this season. Dane Warren, he's outside that top 10, and he's looking to see if he can stay on. If he doesn't have a good race, he could be in jeopardy. Also, some other competitors, such as Julian Sonin, I mean, it's a who's who of who can stay in and who can stay out as we continue on this championship run. But for all things Porsche, of course, we now head over to the world of Australian supercars as a new E-Series will be kicking off for the 2022 season. Cash Converter Supercar E-Series to feature all of Australia's new circuits on the iRacing service kicking off later this summer, starting in the 20th of July with the season opener happening at Winton. Then, of course, and in two endurance races, one at Sandowns and then at Bathurst, within two other races at Phillip Island and Oran Park, and then a fan's choice race for this six-round championship series. It'll be a really intriguing series because it's been, I think, first of all, big to see the support when it comes to this type of car from the sanctioning body to bring this onto the platform. It's been this way for the past couple of years in some of the colleagues we've worked with in the past, Taylor, have been some of the top broadcasters for these types of events. They get a lot of coverage down in Australia uh, to the point where I've seen it in the past amongst the broadcast slate for television. So it's a very popular series. Over the course of the next few weeks from late July to late August, that's going to be a fun swing of races for these fans to watch. And I'm really intrigued in particular the endurance race because there's an all-star bracket and a pro series bracket. If they, if I understand right with this, that will be a wild time for the endurance rounds. It certainly is. And of course, catch all the action starting in July. More information still to come regarding where you can catch all the action, but it's going to be an exciting time. With that, it is time that we come to a close for this week's episode of the iRacers Download. For our special guest, Matt Busa, for our producer, Richard Colbert, my co-host, Justin Prince, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and on NASCAR Digital Media.